What's up, Gang Count Nation? Tasha, I want to make a hit checking in. And you're about to hear the show presented by Express Sons Rooms of Columbia. Spurs up. Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game! Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now! Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. Greetings and good Friday morning. Welcome aboard Inside the Gamecocks, the show, very proudly presented by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. And of course, as always, live from the Sinorama Studios, JC, JB, and Phil here until one o'clock this afternoon. Finally, the Carolina Clemson baseball series has arrived, weather permitting. They are expecting more weather this afternoon in the upstate, and we'll see how that affects tonight's first pitch, which is scheduled to go off at 6 p.m. from Doug Kingsmore Stadium. And then they will move to Greenville tomorrow and then back to Columbia on Friday to wrap up the three-game series. Again, weather permitting today. The next couple of days will be absolutely gorgeous. Uh, just a couple of years ago, they had to only play two in the first weekend and then came around to the third a little bit later on in the season. So we'll see if that's how it unfolds today. It is Clemson and Carolina, and Clemson Carolina baseball is teed up by Traveling countryclub.com the modern golf club experience your new experience is here i am now proud to say i'm a member of a club it is traveling country club and i appreciate those guys for sending me a membership over 40 golf courses in the carolinas that you can play at when i say steeply discounted rates i mean steeply discounted rates like if you ever played caledonia up in myrtle beach it's sweet how's 20 dollars to play that course sound traveling country Ooh. club dot com the word is spreading fast make sure that you get in on it they're teeing up our coverage of clemson and carolina baseball today the ladies play in just under an hour as well uh gentlemen in the uh sec women's basketball tournament they will can begin their or continue however you want to look at it their march through march as the projected number one overall seed once the dance gets here but they've got arkansas coming up here in just a little while, and if they win, they'll play at 4.30 tomorrow afternoon, the winner of Texas A&M and Ole Miss. All of that, plus Beamer spoke yesterday, and we are lucky enough to have none other than 
Coach Stuart Lake joining us in about 15 minutes. And I can't think of many people better to break down a Clemson Carolina series and a dude that's been a part of it a lot over the years. So uh, with that said, I'll turn it over to y'all. And good to see Craig back in the Nana Sports chat box as well now that Alec Murdoch has received his double life sentence. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, all the Murdoch was, viewers. <laughs> yeah, we, our numbers are going to go back up now. Um, no, I, I've been watching it myself. Like, I, I talked to Nat today. I was like, what the hell are we going to do now? Uh, and then I realized secession on HBO starts back up pretty soon. So I'm like, ah, good. It's kind of like when Ozark came out and we got to the end of the, the, uh, the, the marathon stream, you know, it was what we did for four or five days. And then it's like, what are we supposed to do now? Yeah. I don't even know what I'm going to talk to her about. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Man, now uh, you're, but, you're in luck when I don't have anything uh, to talk to my wife about. I just don't talk to her. <laughs> oh, you know, I just, uh, but no, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, the Murdoch trial's over. So, uh, I don't know. You tell me, you know, no, uh, no, we talk, we talk all the time. Like, in fact, our friends say we've met our match and like, cause they don't they're like, it's like their, her friends are like, he doesn't shut up. And my friends are like, she doesn't shut up. Does she? I'm like, Nope, yeah. we don't. Uh, we, we went 11 hours in the car round trip to Spartanburg for my friend's funeral Never turn on the radio. Oh, God, that is – oh, no. You just gave me nightmares. There's no way I could do that. I'm setting expectations out there for all you guys oh, now. You're, I hope you'll – hopefully, and all our female audience are going to go, that's right. Oh, I wish I, I'm going to go tell my husband. I mean, they're they're telling her husband, why don't we talk? <laughs> why don't we talk for 11 hours? Why don't we talk for 11 hours? Oh, yeah. Per- thanks, dude. Hey, it's, it's the second time go around for me, folks. Uh Trust me, the first time, um, yeah, I, I ran out of things minutes. to talk about. I ran out of things to say, man. So, uh, but no, uh, no, she was a good, I had a good, kind of good relationship with her too. But anyway, well, uh, yeah. So now, that, I mean, I, I, you know, and I'll say this because there's a lot of talk out there. Because when this all this Murdoch stuff first started, I've avoided talking about it on the, on the show. I will say this though: when it first happened, there were on as message boards do. All this speculation on the message board. You know the Murdoch's, all of them are big Gamecocks. Of course, everybody in that courtroom except uh, Dick Harpootlian is a Gamecock. Um, all the key players, at least. So, you know, I don't know what that meant. But, um, you know, I got some calls from the low country saying that, the, you know, not, not that they weren't threatening to sue me because Section 230 of the law kind of – as long as I don't say anything about it, you know, it absorb absolves me from anything a user puts on my site. And, and it wasn't a threat, but it was just like, Hey, you know, this could lead to some problems for you if, if blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, you know, I don't want any problems because even, even if I know, I, you know, I'm not liable anybody, I could sue. Uh, um, people say you could indict a ham sandwich. I said today, I can sue a puppy for eating kibbles and bits if I want. Uh, and, and uh, you know, five families depend on the big spur income-wise, and I'm like, well, it's just not worth it for an off-topic thing on a sports message board. So I didn't allow conversation about it until he was indicted. <laughs> and now <laughs> it's been – at last check, at last check, 351,761 views and 9,631 posts in our Murdoch trial thread. It's about, it, it surpassed the weather thread that we've we've had since wow. 2012 so uh i'm kind of glad that you know people uh discussed it 
Uh, I will say there are some rumors that uh, Alec Murdaugh or Buster or whoever were, were members of our site. I'll say this. Um, without, unless, because you don't necessarily have to put your real name uh, in when you sign up for the Big Spur, and then we don't have access to the credit cards. That, that's all CBS. So unless they did not put it in their real name, the uh, the quote-unquote Moselle, Murdoch's, Buster, Alec, and the late Maggie and Paul were not members of the Big Spur. I can only say that that section of the family was not a member. So that's all I'll say about that. Um, so that so the rumors, because they were trying to like, uh, I guess, pin it on a, one of our other users from, from Colleton County, and that would have made no sense either because it's uh, – um, you know, the, the murders obviously were, were Hampton County, but uh, I wanted to just say that none of those guys, to my knowledge, or gals were, were members of the Big Spur, and that's not really where I was getting my grief from uh, when it happened. It was more people around them. So, anyway, glad glad it's over to a certain to a certain extent, and glad there was justice served. Um, I think it, I think the whole the whole trial made the justice system in our state look very good, you know, professional. Because I, I think outside of the state, sometimes, you know, there's all these uh, thoughts about what justice in South Carolina should look like or does look like. And I can't say it's always been perfect, but uh, in this situation, uh, our state really, uh, I think, from a governmental and law enforcement and, and prosecutorial standpoint, all that it was, was looked very professional, um, you know, very, uh, very. Uh, effective and uh I'm, I'm proud to be a south carolinian uh you know based on what uh what occurred uh just by pro the process and the professionalism in the courtroom well we're glad to have everybody back who has been missing for the last <laughs> month or so around here certainly led by craig who once again was late into the uh, nana sports chat box today but craig we'll hold you to it moving forward we understand that you're our david cloniger just so you know uh we we've been a little little disappointed in you lately but um but we're glad to have you back there's no doubt elsewhere in the <laughs> sports chat box over here uh tyler uh, you know i i don't know what to say to you um but you're gonna have to get a hold of your get get con some control of your wife he says he's got his wife he's got the little one wearing clemson stuff these days and that's just not a good look man you gotta you're gonna have to figure it out best of luck to you and your family and thoughts and prayers as your children uh, grow older. Um, Craig, yep, Will Sanders will get the ball tonight. Again, Stuart Lake coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, remind Now, look, remember, this series last year, Clemson swept it. But uh, Will Sanders on um, Friday, Friday night was great outing. special. Yeah, he struck out 14 Tiger hitters, and he actually earned the Tom Price Award uh, last year. So, He's going to get it tonight with a chance to, to, uh, to, to, you know, maybe, maybe duplicate that. Who knows? But here's what I do know, and and hopefully Coach Lake can back some of this up, guys. Um, they they pretty much pulled the reins off of Will Sanders now, and and this was remember when we had Coach Kingston and he had mentioned it's going to be a few starts before we really feel like we've kind of got him where he needs to go, and they've really been limiting pitch counts and things like that. I know Noah went almost to a hundred last weekend, but I mean, he should have. He was unbelievable. Um, yeah, you're not going to see much of that tonight. If if they if he's if he's moving and grooving, they're they're not going to look at the pitch count and say, mm, "No, no, you just keep pitching, young man." So we'll we'll see how it all works out. But Will Sanders will get it tonight. 
Noah Hall tomorrow and Jack Mahoney uh, on uh, Sunday. Clemson's going to throw Austin Gordon tonight. He's off to a little bit of a rough start. He hasn't walked many guys. He's been banged around a little bit. And ERA is shade over six. And then they will combat Noah Hall with Tristan Smith tomorrow, uh, who's only thrown two and a third this season, has not given up a run. And the infamous TBA is on deck for the Tigers in that Sunday yeah. so that's this uh, of course uh, Ammons uh, is it Ryan Adam Ammons their, their number one starter yeah. Ammons is yeah, my yeah. mother's maiden name by the way yeah. now there's a lot of Ammons around but uh, my mom's from the Myrtle Beach Sockisty Ammons but uh, I wonder if there's some distant relation I doubt it but uh, yeah he's not because um, some of them are Clemson people uh, he is out you know of course my grandfather that built the Seamist Resort with his bare hands was full scholarship at University of South Carolina since the 50s but there are some Clemson folks yeah. uh, on that side of the family side. Uh, I know it's not one of my like first cousins or anything, but I wonder if it's a distant cousin. But anyway, yeah, I saw the news last night that broke. Um, gosh, if you're a Clemson person, you're, you're kind of probably feeling, man, this is this is um, it's against the cue the Phil Collins because it's against all odds. You know, uh, if you're going to win, um, uh, I did, I did think their video last night that their social media team released about the, the rivalry with Bill Spires, I guess, uh, narrating it mm. by a campfire. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, campfire, Pete, that's, yeah, Pete, yeah. that's mm. Pete Clemson. I'm just out here on Lake Hartwell, there's gorilla marshmallows. And no, um, I did think it was tastefully done and embodied the, the rivalry. It, it wasn't sure. a, you know, it wasn't anything like when Jordan McFadden in 2021 talked about our state and then the Gamecocks come back with the, our state the next year. But uh, I was tastefully done and embodied it. So hats off to, to those guys for doing something really cool um, from their perspective that, uh, you know, embodies this uh, this big uh, series this weekend. Yeah, this is a it's a big weekend. And you know, I was on with Bill this morning on 107.5 The Game and. I'm sure. Again, Coach Lake, I would I would think would probably echo these comments as well. This series does not define your season. It does not define your season. Uh, you know, I don't know how many times we can say that. And there's numerous examples of this. There are numerous examples of where you have a good year when you win the Clemson series, but I'm not necessarily sure that you can find any legitimate data that says they had a good year because they won the Clemson Carolina series. Uh, sometimes you just have a good year because you know, you're good. So I wouldn't, uh, if, if something goes wrong and they don't win the series talking about South Carolina, I wouldn't necessarily say, well, the year's over and same thing with Clemson. Although they've been struggling, they play almost 60 games in a season. So yeah, You've got ample time to get things turned around. I did see Jared ask in our Nana Sports chat box, LSU home series, the best home series of the season. I'll be there Friday night for the first game. Well, I can assure you of one thing. If everybody stays healthy, you'll see a hell of a pitching matchup. Is it the best home series of the year? I don't know. I mean, you got to remember something. Um, this is the SEC. Things change from quickly. And think about this. <laughs> While LSU is number one right now, Tennessee is number three and Florida is number six. And all three of those programs will be entering Founders Park later on in SEC play. So, and any three of them could be number one. Hell, Carolina could be number one. So we, we don't know, but it's certainly one of the better series that's going to be played there. No doubt about that. 
And if, if LSU Carolina is a big series, that's great because, you know, th- there was a long time during the 2000s where, you know, you almost saw a passing of the baton in terms of the top program in, in the conference from LSU to South Carolina. Uh, and I remember the Gamecocks did put LSU out of the College World Series in 03. That was a that team was kind of a surprise team to make it out to Omaha. They went one and two, but they did manage to beat the Bayou Bengals out in Omaha. Uh, and you know, in my mind, LSU and Carolina ended up being two of the top teams in the league. You know, all is kind of right in the world. You know, because <laughs> uh, I, I, that's kind of like you know during the the glory years of Gamecock baseball, that was the LSU was the other the, kind of the other team in the league. So uh, uh, hats off to, I mean, LSU won it all in 2000 when the Gamecocks went 50 and six and unfortunately got beat by LSU's little brother, uh, the Lafayette Trojan. They also Cajuns. won it in 2009 before it turned the page to Carolina. When yep, they get back to back. They did. Years. That was their last one. That was, uh, that was an LSU Texas final LSU Texas so. uh, Sam anyway correct, Sam corrected us as well and I appreciate him doing that LSU this this year is a Thursday through Saturday series uh, that's um their reason for that is because that's being played on Easter weekend oh, that makes gotcha. sense then. yeah mm-hmm. total makes sense a, yeah. all right let's Jared's get a, going to the good Friday game yeah good for, that's right good I hope it is a good Friday for that's South right Carolina uh, all right, so let's hit a timeout. Stuart Lake is waiting in the wings. When we return, one of the great voices, one of the great coaches, as a matter of fact, Coach Lake uh, will pop in with us and help preview one of the best series in all of college baseball right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters, and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper and they offer pressure washing find them on facebook or call 803-522-6832 a couple of painters proud partners of inside the gamecocks the show are you sick and tired of your business computer guys Yes, he takes forever yes, to call me back. He doesn't always respond to this yeah same here yeah, I'm paying same a good here. money i constantly have issues and i'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly 
Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee is low, too. Why did you think of that? Do you have 843-699-1001? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to Heritage Digital. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is former All-American shortstop Drew Meyer, and you're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Gamecocks. with the 3-2. Hit deep right field. Might have lost another one. Home run again for Carolina. Powell is hit his 12. 10-4. Takes the one run. Swings and delivers a bouncer through the hole and into right field. One run scores. The right fielder bobbles it. Ryan comes home. Gamecocks win it. some of those pictures and images i know coach lake knows every single one of them everybody that was in every one of those videos Stuart lake knows and then let me get out of the way <laughs> That's the one right there. i don't know who made that but it's been around for years and it's one of my favorite things out there and uh 
Yeah, you know, when the game when it really matters, Coach Lake, the Garnet Black seemingly always finds a way to get it done against those boys from the upstate, don't they? It does. I'm trying to make sure. Do I have the video and audio all working this week? I took a seminar this week on this. <laughs> a seminar? You did not well. was... in the same class as Scott Wingo, computer-wise. That really was a, a crushing blow. So I've been getting a little work. But now this is, you know, I, I've been listening to y'all this morning. This is just a – it doesn't define your season, but it certainly can – ignite your season and you know right now south carolina's playing really well but this is a big momentum weekend for both of these programs yeah you're exactly right and you know we mentioned it yesterday you there are you hear this all the time in sports right oh throw the records out throw the records out it's not really true in football um i'd say it's not as much true in basketball in baseball it is true and it's definitely true in a in a series like this. I mean, you you've been a been a part of a lot of Carolina Clemson series. Yeah. I mean, and but you but just in general and being in baseball your entire life, yeah. how do you what do you compare it to? You know, I, I was telling someone the other day, twenty five years ago was my first time getting to coach in this series when you know, when I'd started at South Carolina and then when I went to Ole Miss, that rivalry was a little more I don't know, hatred might even be a word because neither program at that time were as good as South Carolina Clemson had been. So it was a lot. I was there, you know, and that was 03 to 06 at Ole Miss. Everybody was fighting for what they thought. This rivalry is two programs that are, you know, have been really good. So every year you're trying to one-up that other program. And it is – I'll tell you, you don't sleep good from about Wednesday – until Monday or Sunday night, Monday morning. If you lose the series, you don't sleep good then. So I know the excitement and just they'll be exhausted come Sunday when this thing's over because it takes everything out of you emotionally. Do, do you like yeah. the setup? Do you like the setup the way that it is now? Yes. Yeah. I could not stand the midweek games. I and that was the fear tonight. If this game gets rained out, you'll just play later on at Clemson in April or something as a discussion. That stinks. You're in the conference play then. You don't get to throw guys you want to throw. Um, I love this setup. And it's uh, it's always hard when you go to Greenville. You know, I, I jokingly said this on a talk show the other day, and Coach Tanner gets mad when I say it, but that you feel like you're still in Clemson. So that's why it's great when you have a lot of Gamecock fans there. I love the ones we did in Columbia, and, and I hope that'll be something that gets back into rotation. I'm not sure if it is, but – I really do like that you can throw your weekend guys, your bullpen guys. I really enjoy this setup. It's like you get a true winner, you know, best yeah. of three. You know, you're not splitting two midweek. I remember they played two midweeks. It was something else. But, like yeah. Four. Four, yeah, sometimes, yeah. you know. And uh, you're right about Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Though. That's kind of how it is in football. They don't really have much else going on, you know. Right. And, and now, now they're in baseball, they're national powers. But – I, I was talking the other day. That is that the rivalry between those two schools is no joke because that, sometimes that's all they've got. Yes, you know, uh, and and all that. So that's a I, I can relate there, man. I've had to deal with the, both those fan bases before. <laughs> um, so Clemson's uh, ace is out now, uh, on top of all their other struggles. Uh, Coach, do you do you feel like maybe? I don't know. It's almost like things are setting up too good. You know, I don't know. Baseball, I, I guess superstitious <laughs> about this sport. You know, you're like, oh, well, wait a minute. You know, that now's when the other shoe is going to drop. But, you know, talk about the dynamics there and, uh, 
you know, sort of how that uh, maybe favors Carolina uh, on paper? Well, I, I heard you earlier. I don't know if it's Phil Collins or whoever sings Rocky. I'm sure they'll be playing those type songs, but and it is a huge advantage. I got kind of a whisper of it about Wednesday. Some scouts started calling me because they were setting up their scouting directors coming. Hey, what are you hearing about Ammons? I hadn't heard anything by that point. So as it kind of broke yesterday, it, that, I know for Clemson, that's kind of a, a punch. I mean, I looked at his numbers this morning. He had struck out 19 and only walked three in his two appearances. So, I mean, it's just a, a big guy for him to lose. But the one thing I've told everybody about Eric Backage, the guy's going to have his guys ready. I, I've, yeah. I started – he was at Clemson. I was at Carolina in 02. So, I mean, that rivalry with us goes way back. He then went on to Vanderbilt. I was at Ole Miss. Followed him as he went to Maryland and Michigan. You know, I don't know if he's got enough right now. To, to maybe handle this Gamecock team, but I guarantee you <laughs> it won't be from lack of effort and small ball. And, I mean, they're 28 out of 33 on the bases. They're going to be trying to do stuff. And the cool thing is, J.C., this is like walking into, you know, the casino on, you know, on Jamie's money. Because if he goes 0-3 <laughs> and just say, that. hey, look, I lost my starter. And, you know, these guys are 9-0. and They're world beat. You know, so you got all that to kind of – loosen your players he don't feel that way as a coach but kind of like he just gives players say hey, house money let's go see what we can do we're in our place tonight grab some energy tonight and see what happens over in greenville tomorrow yeah i mean well, he, you, he, he, i'm sorry he's that type of coach too you nailed it there i mean winning at maryland and winning at michigan in baseball and being uh two winning. wins from a national title at that school <laughs> yeah that's yeah. a guy that does more with less you know in my opinion yeah. because Trust me, I know how cold it is in this part of the country, even in May. <laughs> and to put together a baseball team that goes all the way to Omaha, even in a school as good as Michigan, is, is impressive. He, that guy well, can coach. It, so I, on that note, and we have, I, I, we all have so much I, I want to ask you just about in the first nine games and, and things like that, but what what is Coach I – mean, you've been a first-year head coach. So what is Coach Backage going through right now? Well, the cool thing for him, obviously, what we've already said, but his experience at Maryland, Michigan, he's got so much Carolina Clemson experience to lean on. If he didn't have enough himself, I mean, he's got Corbin and O'Sullivan and then the X Factor now in the dugout with him and Coach Leggett. So, I mean, he's got plenty to kind of help him gear himself towards the Carolina Clemson rivalry. But, you know, as a first-year coach, when you get in a program, and I've I've learned it later, I wish I'd have known it earlier too, Stay out of the way. Sometimes we try to think we're going to do a lot. I heard Monty's comments this week. It's why I laughed and I texted him. It's not about us. It really is. And after you write the lineup, you know, of course, you get to do hit and runs and a bun or not do them and change pitchers. But to be honest, the coaches in this series, they step out of the way. And that's what I learned from Coach Tanner in this series. And, and I just always heard it from Coach Reigns when he'd come back around. Stay out of their way. Let this be about the players. Let them have the energy, not you. And you do your job, and there will be times they're going to have to decide, is it time to get a pitcher out or time to bunt? But otherwise, let them play. Well, I on that note, Wingo was texting me a minute ago. They're, they're getting the bats warm, Coach. They just pulled the towels out of the hot water. <laughs> and uh, so that's the only thing I, it seems that this staff's going to do today to help the team. Just, they're going to warm up those bats since there's going to be a bunch of rain up there. 
you know, I the, brought that I, up the other night though. JB and Tommy looked at me. He goes, you're not going to bring that up this weekend. I said, well, maybe let's see how the game's going <laughs> Just, before yeah. I go there. <laughs> exactly. If the ball's leaving the yard, then, yeah. uh, you know, maybe we'll see. Um, so, Mont- so for the first time that I can remember, maybe you can correct me, but um, there's there's four four guys in one dugout that were in the other dugout last year. Uh, the game the game has certainly changed. I can't imagine a lot of the dudes that you coached at Carolina, especially you know twenty years ago or so, going. You know, coach, I'm going to transfer to Clemson. Could you imagine Drew Myers saying something like that? Um, so, but and one of those guys is Monty Lee now. We've known Monty for years, and there's just not many people in the world that have more class than he does. Um, he, he is as good as they come. He, he, like you said, will totally step out of the way and let the players play this weekend. With that said, this game has turned very emotional over the last few years. You're seeing kids a little bit more energetic out there, I guess, and fans are very emotional. Um are we watching for anything from that standpoint? Generally, Coach, I stay out of these conversations, but it is Clemson, Carolina. They have had issues from time to time over the years, and and you just wonder at what point in time will somebody say something stupid, and then things kind of heat up from there. Is that something we should be keeping an eye on or no? Well, it's something, as coaches, you do try to – really, this game's easy in a sense. You don't have to give a motivational talk. You almost have to pull on the reins a little bit. You know, to say, hey, let's stay within our game. Will Sanders and I, I expect another great game out of him because I know him. This is what he likes. I told a scout, they asked me, said, hey, Will hadn't really been sharp. I said, no, no offense and none toward uh, UMass Lowell or that Penn team. Those weren't. Those are still scrimmages in Will's mind. I know how he works. Tonight, you said it earlier. Y'all said there's no pitch count except the normal one, which is, Start your bullpen rumbling around when it's at 75, and when he gets into the 90s, see what we need to do. He ain't worried about pitch count tonight. He's going to show you tonight what we saw last year on this Friday night. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, – you know, the South Carolina team this year has shown probably a little more motion than we've seen in the past, even from, from South Carolina teams. I've had a lot of alumni kind of say that to me, and I said, hey, you know what? You're trying to win. And when you're trying to win and you're winning, it's working. Uh, I'm sure Coach Backage, I'm telling you, he will have those guys that are revved up. We're the underdog. Man, we're not supposed to win this. But at the same time, we're Clemson baseball. And, yeah, as a coach, you almost kind of want to make sure tonight it don't cross a line. But having four Clemson guys in a dugout, even though I still count Monty as a Gamecock guy, yeah. you know, it happens. You straight. <laughs> but, you know, I just – he got off track. It's going to be odd. That will be odd. But who knows? In this world of, you know, transfer, I mean, it might be normal to see it happen both ways over the next few years. Yeah, poor poor Monty. He just got lost in life. And, uh, you know, I, I, I get it. You know, we, we understand. You got to feed your family. Yeah. So, I, I was asked this morning on 107.5 The Game about Ethan Petri. He's obviously – one of the main conversations about this team right now. He's a he's a young man. Mark uh, Coach Kingston said it last week. He's without a doubt one of the best freshman hitters in the country. And um, but but I, I deferred the the question was Bill Gunner asked me the question was you know who are we watching out for? And he mentioned Petri. I've got a circle Carson Hornig this weekend, Coach. Um, it just the time I know he's been putting in a ton of work and he's off to a slow start, but 
these are the type of series that get the best players going generally. Yeah. What would what would you say about Carson Horning and what he's done thus far and then the opportunity that's in front of him beginning tonight? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'd love to see him get back in there if they decide in a DH role. I don't know. Maybe you leave McGillis because he homered the lead off the other day. I, who knows? But I think that's a really – we used to always – me and Coach Tolman had a little thing we call pick the click. So before every game – we try to circle a name and say, this is going to be your player to game at the end. If you won, you know, whatever. We kind of – you get a drink for it or whatever. But I think he's a guy that the Gamecock offense needs to get going. I think he's too good of an athlete and he's too good of a player to kind of forget him. So I'm with you. I would love to see him get put in this environment. Because the cool thing about this weekend, too, you don't think about your batting average. You don't think about anything this weekend except beating Clemson. And it's the coolest thing, because I'm going to tell you, as a Gamecock coach, especially one that's a fan like me, even during games, you always know Clemson score. So, this is, you know, the managers will walk through the dugout at times and go, hey, Clemson's losing to NC State, or hey, Clemson's losing. It's just that's how baseball is. This weekend, nobody cares what anybody else is doing, because they're in that dugout. You don't care about your batting average. The fans aren't going to cheer at the end of the week because you did or didn't have a great batting average. So I think this would be a cool weekend to throw him right back in there. And he's obviously a guy. We all think he's a guy. He just had tough luck here in these first really seven or eight games he's been in. Is he pressing? Like, what have you what have you seen from him? You all press. I mean, I don't care who we are as hitters. If you don't get some luck early in the year, it's hard. My son's a senior. <laughs> And I was so happy. I'm driving this game the other day. My wife texted and said, first at bat, double. I just went, you can breathe now. <laughs> Once you know you got that number in the hit category, you don't worry about it. And they'll start to either take care of themselves. But until you really get going, and the hard thing for him is everybody else seems like they are going. I mean, you look at Petrie's number. You just look at all these numbers. And you go, holy cow, how am I not hitting? Everybody else is hitting. So you start putting even more pressure on yourself. But this weekend's a great weekend to forget your batting average and get in there and compete, get on base, and score runs. Talk, Coach, talk with Stuart yep, Lake. Yep. Go ahead. I'll oh, go ahead, Jimmy. Sorry. No, no, no. You're, you got it. Tee it up. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, no. I, I was just, uh, you know, on Carson, I, I did think he got off game one. Uh, you know, I, I, th- I thought – Initially, you know, he, he kind of looked like a, you know, kind of a catalyst out there, and it, it took some good pitches. But uh, how, how much is uh, pitch selection, uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, in terms of like which pitches he goes after and stuff, maybe uh, affecting him right now? And do you think, you know, you think that's uh, something that's correctable based on what you've seen from him, you know, in the offseason? No, the reason I do with him is his success through his career. He's always been as a you know, a high school player, the summer league player that you get to see, he's always hit for average. So he's a guy that's never made his whole thing about power, even though he has power. He's always been a guy that hits for a good average. And the pitch selection becomes so hard because you start to look for a perfect pitch. It's amazing when you're really hitting, you're swinging some balls a little out, a little up, a little down, and you're just getting a barrel of the ball and you're driving through it. But when you get in that funk, and we've said a lot on the radio with some guys, it's always 0-2. It always seems like the umpire, you know, screws you on the call. And, and you hit the line drive at the guy, and you just have everything churning. So 
it, it's I still believe he's a guy. I really do. And he showed his resilience because, again, in the world of transfer portal, he might have been a guy that said, you know what, I didn't have a great season last year. I'm going to get closer to home. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this thing over somewhere else. He never was a conversation with him. It was, this is where I'm at. I'm going to succeed here. And that's why I still think he'll be a big part of this offense when we're kind of shaking it out 30, 40 games in. All right, a couple, few more minutes or however long Coach Lake's willing to stick around. We'll keep you for two hours if you if you'd let us do it. Um, coach, uh, so last weekend was it was a totally different sweep from opening weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, they blew them out, blew the doors off everybody for a little while, and then ran into a pin team which my prediction is they're going to be in the postseason. I really, really, really like that group. And they can pitch. They can swing it. And, by the way, everybody, that was their, those are their first games of the year. Um, with that said, Carolina had to – they had to they had to kind of win, win by their closest margin of the season on Friday, one to nothing on Saturday, and then come from behind on Sunday. So now – Nine games through, Coach, you're looking at this, right? And, you, and you, you kind of feel like your record is unblemished, but you've gotten there every which way possible. How valuable is that for the Gamecocks as they begin to kind of enter the more difficult part of their schedule leading into SEC play? Yeah, I, I think it was very valuable last weekend. It showed again the heart of this team is the pitching. I mean, it, it's – Hitting's going to have some of the weekends we've seen. I mean, they got 27 home runs. You can't just say it hasn't been a big part. But even in those games, the opponent wasn't scoring. Or they were scoring, you know, maybe one or two runs. So this team is still pitching and defense. Last weekend, what got me a little bit is I thought defensively we slipped off. I know now we've got, I think I was looking, nine errors, which is actually the same as Clemson. Our fielding percentage is actually a little bit better than Clemson's. We're 972, they're 969. But this is an offense that I think you're going to kind of see what we've seen. I, I get a little concerned when you get up to 77 strikeouts against those opponents early on. Again, like you said, Penn was a very veteran, well-coached team. That, that yep. pitching staff, if you draw them in a regional, you're going up crap. I don't want to play those guys as a four seed or three seed, whatever they may get out of Ivy League. But the the numbers, though, that, that I've loved is South Carolina has – they're right at about to get 100. 66 walks, 33 hit by pitches. That's, now, compare it to Clemson, who's only walked 44 times, which is still good. They've only been hit five times. Right. So, I mean, it's amazing in those nine games – how the opponent has allowed your offense to get started by walks and, and hit by pitches. Not a number. If you listen to us on the radio last weekend, I was pulling Tommy back in the radio booth because he's about to jump out the window with left on base. <laughs> the left on base does concern you. But as I was trying to tell him, let's not – maybe it was just one of those weekends. If this weekend, if we're talking again and we're talking left on base after this weekend – high strikeouts, then we're – yeah, then you start to kind of say, okay, what we got to do. But I still think you're wrong with your positives right now that you got power. Your, your own base percentage is lights out. And clean up the errors this weekend, and this is a hard one to do with the pressure. And if the wind is anywhere what they're forecasting tonight at Clemson and still again tomorrow, wind's going to be a big factor in these two games. Coach, uh, 
have you have you watched USC upstate at all this year? Well, I, I know I know their coaches and I know they're good. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure I, I, I was going to ask you a question that um, only me and about three other people are going to care about because I actually have my degree from Upstate, and they almost eliminated that program when I was in school there. Yeah. Um, you know, they beat Clemson. You know, this weekend or the, the, this week. Uh, what what is it about them that, that's kind of maybe uh, making them a little better than they normally have been historically uh, up in the Upstate? Because the Gamecocks have them at Floor Field. Uh, return to Fort Field next Wednesday. I think a couple things. One, I think getting into Big South was a big benefit to USC Upstate. They were in, uh, I forget which conference, but boy, it was t- they were playing all the Florida teams. Their travel was horrendous. Uh, Mike McGuire, former Gamecock, is, is a really good coach. He was at Morehead State. When he came to USC Upstate, and he'll tell you, because of the transfer portal, he basically brought most of his team with him. So what he brought with him were a bunch of guys that know what he's about, which is hard-nosed baseball, bunt, feel the ball, make them beat you. Now they've gone out and they've got JUCO guys plugged in. I, I really, I think they're a really good team. And South Carolina's got to play them twice this year. Go up the floor field next week to play them. And then Upstate will come here. They beat South Carolina last year. So, no, I think they're a team that, that really in the Big South, which right now Campbell is kind of the – lead team in that conference, I think they're going to battle for winning that conference. And if they can continue to get some significant wins like they have against Clemson and will against a few other good teams, I mean, they're a team that's going to be getting talked about at the end of the year for a regional team. They're actually this weekend visiting our, uh, our, our old pal Skylar Mead down at Troy. Yeah. And um, I need to text Skylar because I was looking at their numbers the other day, coach Lake, and you know, they, they're, they're struggling on the bump. I mean, I, he's he's he must be losing it in his old age. He's I don't know what's going on with him, but well, those guys. I love Skyler and JC. Skyler Mead might be a guy that could ride in the car with you for eleven hours and you not turn the radio on too. So <laughs> he, I called him the other day uh, just to say, "Hey, you're undefeated. You know, I don't want to be the jinx here. You got upstate coming and." So about an hour and 20 minutes later, our conversation ended. And, uh, wow. you know, he's he's so fun to talk to. Such high yes, energy. Is. And and Positive. he said it. He goes, how did I schedule upstate? He goes, you know, it was one of those that kind of was scheduled when he got the job last year. And he said, I'm going to keep it. I said, dude, they're good. I've looked at their numbers. I've had a few scouts that go see games. And they'll come back and tell you what they think. So they're going to have their hands full this weekend with those dudes in Troy. They sure are. Yeah, Skyler is he is one of the coolest, kindest people. Yes. Uh, who's very, very positive. And they are undefeated. And um, I think this will be the second year in a row. I look forward to that series late in the year when they play Coach Calvi in South yes. Alabama. That's a yeah. the battle of former Gamecock pitching coaches. Um, yeah. So that's pretty neat. But he's he's going to – that program there, not to get off track here, but that Troy program, but people better watch out because he, he's yeah. a winner. Yeah, really and they have, a, they have an A.D. Brent Jones that has been all over Southern Miss, Georgia Southern. He's a baseball fan. And when you're at a school like Troy and you have a baseball fan as your A.D., you got an opportunity to really do well because they're going to help you in what you need. And I know Skyler. You're not going to outwork Skyler. You're not going to out-talk him either. But he gets, he's one of those dudes that gets after it. Final question for you, Coach, and we'll let you run. We know we've kept you around a while. Kevin actually uh, – 
is is beating on the beating on the door of, of something else going to slip in here at the end. Neither for nor against through nine games has anybody been thrown out. Uh, Carolina hadn't thrown anybody out. They haven't been thrown out either. You mentioned Clemson and the fact that they are running the base as well. Twenty eight, I think, of thirty three. Um, of course, Coach Kingston has been pretty pretty aggressive on the base passes, specifically with certain guys like Denny and Wimmer thus sure. far. So that that's something I've kind of got circled. But what do you have circled, especially in game one, uh, and then and then moving forward as to what you'll want to see that could decide the series one way or another? Yeah, not that you know, not that Gordon tonight is not a weekend starter. Okay, he was scheduled to start Saturday, got bumped into Friday, but tonight I just feel his first four or five innings are really going to set the tone for this weekend because all jokes aside, Clemson is throwing who they wanted to throw tomorrow. They're not getting to match up their guy with your guy. And I do think if South Carolina comes out and say has gotten into that Clemson bullpen by the fifth inning, maybe even sixth inning tonight, it really puts a lot of stress on their bullpen or their pitching staff for the rest of the weekend. But if on the other hand, Clemson comes out and their hitters go, hey, pitchers, we got you. We're going to score six, seven, eight runs for you tonight and bullpen, let's get this done. So I think really you're going to see a, a tone of this series set in the first five innings tonight of how these two starting pitchers do match up. Well, I hope the better matchups on Carolina's side. Right now it looks like thunderstorms will be rolling into the upstate probably around 4 o'clock or so this afternoon. My, my gut tells me they're going to end up having to bump this thing back a little bit. We know they're going to try to play it, Coach. It's a 1 o'clock first pitch tomorrow. So is there like a drop dead 8 o'clock, something like that? I mean, what do you think? I think it would be. Obviously, I'm – I know early in the week went ahead, they had a meeting because I'm doing the um, game tomorrow on the radio. So I kind of got to sit in and listen on like a Zoom like this. They don't want to lose this game. They don't want to start either starter and two innings in, the bottom's falling out. So I'm with you. I think that 8 o'clock is probably going to be about as far as they'd want to go. Unfortunately, if they don't play tonight, it becomes a Tuesday game sometime in April and you lose your luster of it. But uh, – yeah, I, and, and it's hard. You're not going to change the Mars game because all the tickets are sold, TV set to go. And so I think you're right. And maybe even a little sooner if you see that weather from – I looked at a weather thing before I got on with y'all. It's supposed to be a quick-moving line of thunderstorms. It's supposed to be heavy. But the winds do not die down. So it's right. still saying winds – they're saying gusts up to 40 miles an hour in the upstate all the way up until, you know, 10, 11 o'clock tonight. So – that's why I said I'm not really sure which way that affects their stadium. I know which way the wind blows at Founders, but I think today and tomorrow, wind is going to be a big factor in both games. The nation's leading home run team will enter Doug Kingsmore tonight, looking to hit 27 more in the next three games if they can against Clemson. And uh, that would probably mean they swept the series, would, would be my gut. Really good stuff, Coach. Uh, we, we we can't wait to listen to you this weekend. Certainly, we, we were talking to Kip yesterday. If Derek's back on Sunday, which I think is the plan, to be in there with Tommy, then we need to have a three-man crew in the booth for TV. So somebody's going to have to be a sideline reporter. Yeah. Unless that be you or Kip, or do we need to call in Drew? Well, to, to be honest, I am. They are putting us back together on TV Sunday, and that sideline reporter. I would love that. I could get in their dugout. I could, you know, do all kind. Of, I, that would be an awesome job. In fact, instead of just sitting there in a booth. But 
I do get to do it Sunday uh, with those guys, so that'd be cool. Just to anytime you're in a ballpark in South Carolina, Clemson, you see those two colors on the same field at yeah. the same time. That just reminds you, as we all did growing up as a Gamecock fan. Here we go. So I'm excited so, to be there. Is the three of y'all on Sunday? Yeah, it, it is the oh, three. Great. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. That's gonna be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. What do so, it, JC? Really What's good. your uh, your Spurrier? Shoot, dang. Oh shoot, that's awesome. Uh, I, I always thought they should do a three man booth. You know, shoot, why not? <laughs> so I get to tell some uh, Brooklyn Casey Kip Balt night stories on Sunday if the, if the game were alive. <laughs> Oh, that's like Skip, Skip that. Carey, Pete Van Weeren, and Ernie Johnson, man. That makes me feel good. <laughs> oh, good. so who's who's Skip, who's Pete, and who's Ernie? That would be the question. I don't, I don't, uh, well, the, 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 the Weinstein, I guess, would have to be Skip since he's the, the, the play-by-play guy. Yeah, he, he's going to have the bourbon in his cup then. Yeah, the yes. bourbon. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, everybody's pretty bad. I don't know, though. Kip's, Kip sometimes will get a little negative. And so, you know, Skip is uh, pretty negative. So uh, maybe maybe Kip's Skip. It sounds the same. It rhymes. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I was just thinking of, like, the greatest three-man booth in the history of baseball. So I was just like, you know, I just wanted to kind of throw that out. So. <laughs> it's not. Maybe, this maybe isn't, not. What they call it, uh, what they call it, Coach? Um, the A-Rod one with the – J Rod with Jessica Mendoza. Yeah, J Rod. Are we going to designate Kip as Jessica Mendoza for this series? Uh, I'm not doing any designations. I'm just sitting there and get my comments in when needed. And because uh, I get emotional in these games too. So it's one of those that, you know, you don't want to. And I laugh when they tell me when you're on TV, you're supposed to be biased. Come on. I said, I'll be biased when South Carolina's not playing. But when I'm on TV, I'm not going to ever act like I'm not here for the Gamecocks. So yeah. it'll, uh, I think between me and Kip, they'll know which way that the crowd's yeah. leaning on Sunday. I think people know. Yeah, there's no yeah. doubt. Well, pull them through starting tonight. Hopefully they can get it in. I, I know, again, we kept you a long time today, but, you know, we really, really, really appreciate your time and um, and certainly appreciate you on the air. It's, it's excellent stuff. Love well, it, Coach. Thank you. Well, thank you all. I enjoy being on with you all and enjoy listening to you when I'm not. So hopefully we can do it again. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate mm -hmm. it. Bye, y'all. Coach Bye -bye. Stewart Lake. It is uh, – Phil, I blew us through a break, so we'll have to take three in hour two here. I apologize to you. You can you can find right. me. Find me after you stole the, the question I wanted to ask him, too, so that's two in a row for you there, JB. Which one? <laughs> which, <laughs> I was going to ask which, him about, about Hornung and getting over, you know. Because, I mean, when you look at his stats, it's just that 174, I think, is his batting average right now. That just doesn't make any sense, you know. Because you got OPS, of, ah. you know, right at eight hundred. I mean, this guy's going to power through that. And just, oh, you know, what fine. do you, what does it take to get through that? But no, yeah, yeah, good stuff. I love it. I just, man, sometimes I just with the two of y'all sit back, listen, you know. Well, I thought, I thought, I thought you, were, I, know, I thought you'd have been a good person to ask the upstate question since you know we used to. Uh, essentially, I wouldn't even think about upstate. Yeah, yeah, that's true though. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll that's, get to it. That that's a very interesting for those that are diehard college baseball people like mm -hmm. myself that upstate Troy series this weekend is a totally off the national radar but very interesting uh series because they're both postseason type clubs in their respective leagues yeah. and um so I'll be I'll be certainly keeping an eye on that uh I can tell you Skylar Mead is he's um we'll see if Troy can hang on to him at some point in time he's gonna mm -hmm. get a big call 
There's no no question. No question about I that. I think all those Big Ten schools will invest in him since he's got some ties to that area. So yeah, he's a winner, yeah. man. He just knows what he's doing. So all right. So it's eleven fifty-eight. We will hit a timeout with our one in the books. The Gamecock ladies are about to tee off. Tee off. Uh, about to tip off here in just a couple of minutes in the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament, and that's not far from where we find one Phil Molnack. So we'll keep you updated on that, or many of you will probably be watching both, which is even better. Gamecock basketball, Gamecock football, and Gamecock baseball, amongst everything else, uh, is – what would be the word? Blown up by Sinorama. Because anytime you're in any of those buildings or pretty much anywhere where Gamecock Athletics are housed in Columbia, South Carolina, Sinorama's got their stamp all over it. They're the best. Sinorama in Columbia, 803-407-9284. Proud supporters of the supporters of the Gamecocks, proud supporters of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. That would be us. And they also are Gamecock alumni. So they are Gamecock owned and operated. The preferred sign partner of the University of South Carolina's athletics department, Signorama in Columbia. Time for a timeout. Hour two coming up. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh, easy. He's got a tiger by the tail he has. He better hang on too. People have spoken. Nana's Porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper public poll. Also, their pimento cheese mm, took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest. Nana's Porch, Southern Cuisine with an Uptown Twist. We're well into the new year and the days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks. Cock Nation. Do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Uh, this is Coach O. Now back to the show. Go Tigers. In the soul. Back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John Barber and his team a call. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with them uh, to talk about how to turn your backyard potentially into an outdoor retreat. And, of course, the first hour, 
which just closed, is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the Upstate. Give Cindy a call, 864-414-5271, about all your Upstate residential real estate needs. Great uh, interview with Coach Lake. Always fun to have him on. He's a great guest. Yeah, he's so good. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, he's, excuse me, he's done everything. I mean, obviously, he was a player, <laughs> and he's a assistant coach, head coach, um, now he's seen it from the broadcast booth and, you know, it's always good in any sport, I think, that you, um, that you are in to see it from as many different views as you can. I've seen baseball from player side, coach's side, both assistant and head, uh, umpire, I've umpired a lot, um, called it Ugh. in the air. We get to sit here and talk about, it. I mean. You just see it from so many different angles, and you have a newfound respect uh, for umpire. Every well, there's some umpires I don't have any respect for. I'll just be honest with you. Some of them just are what they are. They just suck, you know. And and some of them just have bad days. But the ones that suck, it's it, umpiring. Like it's not about like whether you make a bad call or you just don't have a good zone. It's a it's about whether you make it about you or not. Like that's what it comes down to in umpiring. Like, are do you hear yeah, everything? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, are, are you turning around constantly, going, "Coach, I don't want to hear any more out of the dugout." Got it. Like, you know, look, man, you're the umpire. So, if you got a problem with it, run them, toss somebody, <laughs> and make an example out of them. I mean, just get it over with. You know, I mean, grow a pair essentially, and. um, <laughs> You know, don't string this thing out just so you can have a conversation with the head coach every two innings about something ridiculous. I mean, that's what the game last weekend, um, the Friday night game, when that guy, he was terrible behind the plate. I'm not going to say his name again, but he was awful. And then, you know, but he, but he wants to keep talking. And, you know, I like, you know, Coach Kingston, along with pretty much every other coach out there, is like, that's enough. You know, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Like, just call the game. And if you've got a problem and you tell us what the problem is and we don't handle it the way we're supposed to, throw somebody out of the damn game. I mean, you have yeah. that power. But the guys, they, they want to continue to, like, Beamer, remember the bowl game? And Beamer said yeah. that he had never been talked to more in 30 minutes than he had in that game. Like, I can't stand that stuff. Quit talking. Were they big, big 10 officials? Were they yeah, big 10 officials? The yeah. Call the game. Call yeah, like they the don't, game. Like, those guys don't love Notre Dame. You know, come on. Yeah, yeah don't, don't assign big 10 officials. To get, get somebody with the Pac-12 and all that. But uh, in baseball, you know, uh, before college football refs started um, lifting weights and, you know, doing the hard body contest out there and the pro football, you know, and especially basketball too. I like refs uh, to be living in anonymity and just professional doing their job. You know, uh, of course, Ed Hockley was a very professional ref and he's the one that started the weightlifting bonanza. Now those guys are just over there pumping iron next to the mascots. Oh, holding, you know, (laughs) baseball is the one sport that like, I, I don't like, Teddy Valentine, the college basketball ref. Uh, I like some other college ba- basketball refs a lot better because Teddy sometimes seems like he gets caught up in the moment and it's about him. Um, 
and, and he overcalls games, blah, 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 blah. Although he's considered one of the best. I don't care for him. In baseball, I don't mind a demonstrative ump. In fact, I think the, the performance art of it adds to the game. Like there used to be a guy, I don't remember, probably not Harvey Wendelstaff, but a guy in the pros, and whenever the Braves would get him, he'd be like, hey, what? You know, remember that? Remember that guy? <laughs> Just so demonstrative. And, and I love it when it's a strike. It's like, yeah, you know, I dig that. You don't need to get like the naked gun and, and moonwalk and stuff. But I, I like a demonstrative ump. But it's the talking in baseball when the umps talk. I don't mind them kind of doing a little, you know, ha, you know, that that's part of the game. It's, it's exciting, actually. But, uh, you know, because they'll, uh, you know, and then they'll go, they'll go ball, they'll go ball, you know, that kind of, it's part of the game. But when they talk like that and and they end up coming into the game, because baseball, <laughs> I tend to think, and you played it, Jamie, but I tend to think playing a baseball game is probably one of the more tense sports uh, start to finish because the pace of the game is a little slower. You're getting a ball thrown at you. You know, there's all this tension and anticipation. I mean, there's not a more tense moment than a 3-2 pitch in the bottom of a ninth in a big baseball game. I don't think. And it's like going to the guillotine because you're sitting there waiting for seconds. Pitchers got to get ready. Do this. There's all this silence or intensity, intensity, intensity. Whereas, you know, football and basketball is kind of bam, 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 bam. And uh, so I like that. Uh, you know, I like that, like, that kind of relief of the tension. But it's a tense enough game. Uh, to where you don't need the umps coming in there, you know, like guy that's had 17 beers sitting at the bar that wants to play pool and he puts a stick in your back and he doesn't give a crap and wants you to buy him a drink because he's looking for a fight. You know, that's that that's how kind of I see it. Be professional, be demonstrative all you want. I respect that a whole lot more, you know, because the baseball guys aren't in as good a shape as the football guys, obviously, than these uh, buff uh, – you know, bodybuilders out there calling football games being demonstrative. So, uh, so I don't mind that, but it, it, the talking does, you know, it's like I said, it's a tense enough game to where tensions can boil over uh, to where I, I don't think you need the, the umps adding to it. Well, I mean, no, if, I think if, you get a hothead like Angel Hernandez or somebody like that out there. Yeah. just like, you know, look at me, look at me, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't call Joe West peak physical form. <laughs> Uh, Joe, Joe West, unfortunately, started to go downhill for him a few years yeah, before did. he decided to hang it up. I was at an umpiring clinic in North Charleston at uh, a place called Collins Park uh, years ago, and we were being trained by a guy named Jeff Nelson, who um pretty sure Jeff Nelson is still calling in the big leagues. I'm, I'm almost positive I saw him in a few games last year. Um, but Jeff Nelson at this point in time was really just kind of getting into the big leagues and um, he was one of the better ones. I, I still think he's one of the better umpires as long as he's still calling the games. But I remember him saying something that really stuck with me, and it made much more sense as I got older and, and was coaching, especially, you know, older kids, you know, 16, 17, 18-year-olds. And, um, and he said, you, you need to have an open-door policy. If a coach wants to come talk to you about something, you need to make sure that they understand they can come talk to you about something. What you don't want to do, unless it is absolutely necessary for a multitude of reasons, is go out of your way to actually have to go to a coach to have that conversation. As in, in the middle of an at-bat, you decide that you're going to call the coach out of the dugout 
which is basically showing him up in front of five, six, seven, eight thousand people and complaining to him about the guys in the dugout complaining. Okay. Like there are things like that that can be, you can deal with that between innings. Nobody will know you're even having the conversation. You just casually drift over. Hey, coach, you talk, there's music playing, guys warming up. No one's even paying attention. In the quiet in the middle of an inning, people are paying attention. And I remember it was it last year or the year before up at Vanderbilt. And, you know, Coach Kingston, Coach Kingston got tossed. Do you all remember that? He got tossed. And, you know, this guy behind the plate, is if I have the story right here, I probably should have asked Coach Lake while he was on the air, but um, yelling at Mark, basically, from behind Hope Plate, saying, essentially shut your guys up. And Kingston went out there and said, this is my team. You don't need to talk to my team. I'll talk to mm-hmm. my team. And they, and they threw him out of the game. I, I, that's back when you had to have masks on your face, and I would love to have not had the master we could have really but um you know it's stuff like that like the reason that they're chirping is because you suck like you're having a bad out there they're they're chirping carolina came back and won that game by the way after coach kingston got thrown out mm-hmm. um so it's already bad and like hey guys like a little insight you know not to you i'm just saying in general umpires know when they're having a bad day like, they know it. I mean, they're not going to walk off the field and go, hey, I want to apologize to everybody. Like, my stroke is all over the place. But, like, they know when they're having a bad day. And But that's the thing. Like, you know it. Don't make it worse by bringing the outside world in to that circle that you've already screwed up. So, I, I just can't stand stuff like that. Like, I really can't. And, um and then, you know, the, the good ones, when they're having yeah. a bad day, they don't let all the other stuff make it even worse. So, anyways, I don't even know how we got on top of that. But. Oh, crap. I just knocked something over. Anyway. By the way, uh, Carolina's uh, up 17-13 with a little over four to go in the first quarter. Oh. Brian goes, no, you're out of here. You're, no, you're out of here. No, you're out of here. <laughs> uh, there is some football stuff. Uh, Jalen Hyatt from Dutch Fork High School, is at the Combine, Tennessee wide receiver. They yeah. asked him who was his hardest uh, guy to go against this year, and, of course, he said uh, another Columbia product, Cam Smith. Yeah. Which I think that What do you uh, think about Cam, JC? Do you think he's I, – I, I do think first he's first-rounder where, though? It seems like it's been really – I saw a projection, projection with him in the top ten – and then the ones mm-hmm. I've seen lately have been down, you know, 25, 26, 27. Yeah, I, I think somewhere between 19 and 30 unless he somehow blows the lid off the combine and stuff. I, you know, I, I think he's, you know, he, 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 and look, a lot of DBs have been drafted from this school in the first and second round. Not, you know, he's not, he doesn't have the rare size like J.C. Horn or Stephon Gilmore. Um, and, and so that's the difference. Um, his film certainly is good, and he's certainly a proven cover corner uh, at this level. And, uh, you know, he, he's – he's and I'm, I like him because, number one, he has that mentality uh, that big-time big corners need. And then number two, he proved me right about something, that, that it's not always when you're talking about star ratings, you know, because some people, they love to trash the five-star guys – you know, Nick Harbor comes in here and catches eight passes next year. There's going to be a portion of this fan base that goes bust. 
you know, which that's not how the sport of football works. And so I always say, Jamie Robinson, when they both came in, they came in the same class, Jamie Robinson is more college ready. Jamie Robinson is going to play early. Jamie Robinson did play early. Jamie Robinson broke up a pass uh, that helped the Gamecocks beat Georgia in Athens as a true freshman. But Cam Smith has more upside. Midway through Cam Smith's career during the transition, people were calling him a bust. Well, now he's going to be a first-rounder. I don't think Jamie's going in the first round. So so that, so I like him for that reason, too, because there's a teachable moment with regards to those two players. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he's – you know, I've seen Minnesota mentioned as a possible place. Um, you know, uh, maybe uh, the Giants have been mentioned, um, you know, in terms of the mocks. Of course, they're never correct. But, uh, you know, I, I think Jalen Hyatt saying that, that's true. I mean, that, nobody could cover Jalen Hyatt well last year. Kim Smith shut him down, and he did it by being physical, which is what you have to do in the NFL. Um, so I, I think I think he'll be yet, yet another first-round defensive back, you know, out of this school. And what, what would that make? Five, I think. Uh, since, well, uh, Jonathan Joseph. Since the year two thousand, uh, ten players have gone in the first round. Eight of those ten have been defensive, and four of those eight, so four of ten since tw- since two thousand have been defensive backs. So uh, he'll be the fifth. Since the fifth in the last 23 years, yeah. Yeah, and I remember Rick Rick Sanford was a first-rounder as well. Uh, I think Brad Edwards was later. So so, so between Rick and and Sheldon Brown was second. So between Rick and uh, Jonathan Joseph, that there was a – so that's six. So this would be the sixth in program history, I would think. Unless there's somebody back in the day I'm missing. Um, yeah, it's a great um, deal. Yeah, no. I think you've got it, JC. I think that's it. Well, that's just first rounders, though. I mean, there's a lot of guys. Uh, right. Swearinger was second round. Sheldon Brown was second round. Andre Goodman was fourth round. Uh, Co Simpson was fourth round. Antonio Allen was in the league for years. Captain Munderland was seventh round. And I think he was still playing up until last year. Darren Stewart was undrafted. I mean, there, there is a huge long list of defensive backs from this institution uh, that have played Cap- well at the pro 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 level. Captain, Captain. Uh, Stony Woodson, you know, Rashad Fenton. Sto- um, yeah, I mean gosh, it, it, Rashad Fenton, Chris Lamont's still sticking mm-hmm. around, although Lamont's in some trouble. But uh, you Fred know, so Bennett. that's uh, that's it there. Frederick Bennett absolutely played for the Lions for a while. Mm-hmm. He and Goodman both were were Detroit Lions. So matter of fact, I um, think didn't they draft Rod Wilson as a safety? They did. Yeah, safety. Uh, and, and he actually played linebacker, but yeah, definitely. Uh, DeAndre Island. DeAndre Island was a Dante Robinson. I forgot about him. No, Dante. So yeah, Dante's the first rounder. So Dante. It was John. It was Dante first, then Jonathan Joseph, then uh, Stephon Gilmore, then J.C. Horn, and then Cam Smith. And then Rick Sanford back in the seventies, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so uh, yeah, DBU, DBU. Um, another thing is Nick Saban comes out today, and um, in an article with Ross Dillinger. Now he's complaining. Now look, usually when Nick Saban complains, I like it because the goat. Me normally, too. what he says is so smart, and it, it's it, it actually you think about it, you're like, well, this doesn't even benefit Alabama all that much, but it benefits the entire sport. Well, today he, he's he's being a little bit of a homer uh, because apparently their three permanent opponents with the three six uh, are going to be LSU, Tennessee, 
and Auburn. And how they did it was, I guess they went through the last 10 years and said, who's good and who's not and match it up accordingly. And then protect if, if it's a rival, great. Uh, and I'll tell you this right now, ESPN doesn't want LSU Alabama to go anywhere because it's been one of the highest rated games in the SEC in the last 10 years. There's a reason CBS puts it on at night. So TV's kind of involved. Uh, his contention is because Tennessee is now good again after he beat him for 15 straight years like a drum, like a redheaded stepchild, that, oh, it's not fair that they get Tennessee. Uh, and he also sounded like he was kind of more in favor of the 1-7 model now, which is interesting because he's always been in favor of nine league games. So uh, I thought that was kind of, number one, interesting. Number two, he kind of spilt the beans on the process. Now, I've been thinking for a long time – South Carolina is getting Florida, Georgia, and Kentucky as their three. And that still may be the case. But if, as Ross Dellinger reported, they're going by winning percentage, I don't know because because all all three of those schools have been above the Gamecocks. So I'm not sure – I'm not sure what the cutoff is, that kind of thing. But uh, I I think there may be a chance now that – you know, because because this is one of those things that's going back and forth. Originally, I thought winning percentage, and then I, you know, they said no geography rivals, whatever, blah blah blah. Well, then now it's back to like winning percentage, like haves and have not. So uh, I'll be interested to see what ultimately comes of it. My gut is still that uh, that it'll be Georgia, Florida, and and Kentucky, but you know that that obviously could change. Uh, winning percentage puts you what close to what Missouri. Kentucky, I don't know who else would be in that range. Well, well I, I guess Kentucky, if you go 10 years, Kentucky's a little below Carolina. So they would have yeah. – Carolina would have two above and one below. But what Ross is saying is most of the schools on the bottom half would have two below and one above or, or something like that. So maybe yeah. maybe it switches up a little bit. Uh, but Because uh, Florida is one, two, three, four, fifth. <laughs> well, Florida's fifth. Let's be Georgia's like, second. Over the last 10, 15 years, Tennessee's winning percentage isn't any better in South Carolina's. Oh, yeah. It's their, yeah, uh, their identical. Yeah. They're identical, 41.4%. So, Kentucky's at 39. Arkansas is at 25.6. Vandy is at 19.7. So I think it's a perfectly fair. Uh, for Alabama. They're always going to play the Iron Bowl. Auburn's at 53%. LSU is the highest percentage team that they that's on the schedule. So who does he not want? It's between LSU and Tennessee. I think he. Who, I don't. I think he, I think he's maybe griping a little bit about keeping LSU. I mean, but uh, and he said he didn't want to look at it that way. He's like they did it over ten years. He's like now you got NIL, which changes the whole dynamic. Uh, and to, and he's like I like playing more SEC, but I think they have a better chance to get parity right doing the eight games. And I'm talking about a balance of who's who. And he's talking about how, like, you know, look at the teams. He's like, okay, so, like, in the East, the better teams have always been Florida, Georgia, Tennessee. I don't know. I don't. I usually agree with the GOAT on, on, on most. But I don't I, – I think he's doing a little whining here, you know, just because, I mean, Tennessee's good. Yes, they've had one good year. <laughs> uh, you know, is that sustainable? I mean, is he – is he is his contention that because they are spending money on NIL hand over fist that all of a sudden that's going to keep their program up? Because I don't know that that's been proven. I, I, the, the teams that 
went all in on NIL last year, had severely disappointing seasons. Like, and they even played each other, A and M and Miami, a seventeen to nine, great game, lots of talent, right? <laughs> I mean, so uh, I mean, I don't know, you know, and, and NIL didn't cause Tennessee to go eleven and two. They didn't like go out and buy a bunch of players. Most of those guys were there and came in through the portal before the, you know the NIL was ever such a thing. So uh, a bunch, of, and then they had a bunch of seniors that Pruitt and maybe. Uh, Champions of Life had recruited there that that just stuck, and that gave them a veteran offensive line. I mean, that t- NIL is not why Tennessee won eleven games. It was basically their style of play and and, and a veteran team. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Have to disagree with the goat a little there. Got a few things to get to in the Nana Sports chat box. We see you over there. We'll hit a timeout when we return. We'll update you from Greenville. Plus, there are rules changes set to take place. In college football, one, though, that was being discussed seemingly has been kicked to the curb. Thank the good Lord, Pete, that line from Blue Chips, for those that are wondering. Uh, And in addition, uh, if you haven't heard what happened last night with Pistol Pete Maravich's record, we'll give you an update on that. We'll continue to look at Clemson and Carolina and so much more from inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me. JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The sideline is picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. That's what I tell my kids. Every day. Riley and Hannah, you were born to crow. Figured with Clemson and Carolina set to go tonight, I'd throw up this one of my favorite pictures ever. These were their bibs when they were just a couple of days old. Sorry for spitting up. Thought I saw a tiger. 
Uh, Craig, uh, per the bumper there, uh, Brad Edwards was a second rounder, and I believe he went to Minnesota. Lots of lots of good ones in the second round. Brad Edwards, uh, Sheldon Brown, and DJ Swearinger. DJ. Second rounders. Yeah. You know, the second round is actually not a bad, bad round to be taken in in the NFL draft. You're considered pretty good if you go in the second round, as a matter of fact. Um, yeah, not bad. Yeah, it's, you know, you make a little money. DJ Swearinger's only been in the league for a decade. Almost. Almost, almost completely. Yeah. He, he's almost yeah. to that pension. So uh, hang in there, DJ. I hope somebody signs him. Uh, if you if you want to put pictures of Brad Edwards and DJ Swearinger and Jadeveon Clowney and maybe after this weekend, Carson Horning and God knows who else on the Gamecock baseball team up in your Gamecock room, you need to have it painted garnet and black first. So if you go to lemmepaintsomething.com, that's where you'll find a couple of painters who will paint anything in the state of South Carolina in anything in the state of Georgia. Think about this for a second. Call all of your friends in the state of Georgia and get everything you could possibly think of painted garnet and black. Wouldn't that be cool? If you live in the upstate, think about everything you could paint garnet and black, maybe starting with Doug Kingsmore Stadium tonight. A couple of painters is on Facebook. And they are tremendous at what they do. They literally will go anywhere. So uh, make sure you check those guys out. LetMePaintSomething.com. They paint our program, Garnet and Black. And we certainly, certainly, certainly appreciate them. All right. Uh, it is uh, early in the second quarter in the house that Phil Mullinax built. 26-17, to 17, number one South Carolina over Arkansas. Who has had a nice year, 21-11. and 11. Uh, seven and nine on the season, but uh, Carolina's already blown them out. They're going to try to do it again on their way to winning another SEC tournament title. Um, where was the question, JC? There, from Craig. Welcome back, long lost Craig. Craig, Craig Godwin, the attorney. Um, did y'all take it as the three suspended players are gone for good, or is there a chance they can be brought back? I know it's a school disciplinary action, not just team. JC, I took it as it will be unlikely for them to return. Yeah, I think I used the word ominous yesterday, but uh, you never know. Um, I, I don't think the door is completely shut, just looking at the, the facts of the case. And I, I do think some people – are probably a little bit gun shy about university disciplinary decisions when it comes to athletes based on the Trey John Jeff coat pile of crap that happened. Um, but this is not that this is a, this is like a legit legal issue and not, not somebody's opinion or somebody's policy or somebody's, you know, political leanings and views. This is a, this is a legit crime. Um, but you know, just like a lot of these guys have lawyers and, and, and uh, I've never seen a Carolina player or three uh, really players anywhere get in trouble and not have very good representation. Uh, and I think the facts, you know, are, are to be determined, uh, just like with anything in a court of law. And, and I think once that happens, uh, you know, could the university's disciplinary committee or whatever, make another decision and, and say, I don't care what the law states. Yeah. It seems to be the popular thing for universities to do these days. Uh, and, and look, you, you can get kicked out of school for not breaking the law. I mean, that's true. 
I mean, that, he didn't get kicked out of school for uh, plagiarizing a paper. And, um, you know, you can buy them on the internet, right? Uh, and you get kicked out of school for that, and that's not against the law. But you get kicked out of school for it. So we'll just have to see what happens. I, I would say ominous, you know, iffy. But, you know, just like I told Chris yesterday and you guys yesterday, sometimes uh, I, I'll never forget going to williams Bryce Stadium for my apartment at Place on the Green, I guess 2000 season, and it's just a monsoon in five points, right? It's like flooding down the streets. One of those Columbia storms before the game. So we get in the car, and by the time we get up uh, Blossom Street and, and take that Louie, we'll turn the wipers off. You know? <laughs> and that day the sky looked ominous. But, hey, we were there, and I don't think it rained at all at williams Bryce. So, as, as it may say more about the Columbia weather than our current situation. But, uh, you know, that's the deal there. So that's – um. That's uh, that's how I would put it right now, and, and I agree with you, Dave, JB. And the IO Consulting mailbag, by the way, quickly, Isaiah, who's a frequent emailer, and we appreciate hadn't heard from him in a while, so I hope you're doing well, Isaiah. He says, what's going on, fellas? Hope you're doing well. Do you guys have any insight on Lenoris Sellers? Seems like he's creating a little buzz. Uh, yeah. Um, 6'2.5", 235.44, throws it well. Uh, coaches are starting to talk. Other players are starting to talk. Uh, I have no idea if he'll play it down this year, but I'm certainly looking forward to seeing him in the spring game. How about you guys? Yeah, same, especially with what Trey Knox, you know, said about him. You know, he flick his wrist and it goes 60 yards. I mean, that's that's what you're looking for, I guess. And it's interesting that you – like, think about this, guys. What if we come off of Spencer Rattler, you know, and, and Sellers, let's say, is, you know, lives up to the hype and fits that, you know, mold and, and we see him and then the next quarter. I mean, think about what, what if we have, what if this team can actually put together a string of great quarterbacks? <laughs> I mean, and without having to have all the you know, question marks around them or, you know, oh, he's good here, but he doesn't necessarily do this. But I mean, this kid looks like he's got speed, size and ability. So uh, we're set up good, and that yeah. quarterback room is stacked. Uh, you got to expect probably some attrition over, you know, the next couple of years. But if you keep the best ones, then hey, set up. Nice. I think too. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not going to say who, but I, I got my, my I got my two guys. Wouldn't surprise me if they were gone uh, after, yeah. uh, or or maybe one switches to. I, I, I'm going to not speculate anymore. So maybe two guys. It, you know, and, and all that. Cause it, 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 look, you're not going to avoid this. Uh, I can't, I can't see Andrew Grimm and Stockton and Beck all sticking at Georgia to be right. truthful. Yeah. It's just you the know, way it Alabama, is, you know, it's just how it is. So, um, so anyway, yeah, that's yeah, the I, I help consulting. And, and I, I, um, it's off, you know, the classic Steve Spurrier talking season comment is in play for things like this. I I I really try to pump the brakes anytime you sign a quarterback and because people get so excited and they hear this and they hear that and they want they annoyed it. Well, gosh, I tell you what, man. When once Rattler's off to the end of everybody's always looking for the next thing. Like we haven't even played can you believe Spencer Rattler's even here for a second season? We haven't even got to see him play the next twelve games yet. You know, nobody's even talking about that. Sellers, 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 sellers. I'm not trying to poo-poo on anybody's parade here, but, I mean, kind of been around a long time, guys, and, like, we've all seen elite quarterbacks sign here and never pan out, 
and then you hear from time and time and time again, no, but this one's different, and let me tell you why. That's fine, okay? But let, let's wait and get there because, J.C., um, uh, do you remember when Dylan Thompson committed to South Carolina? Do you remember when Connor Shaw committed to South Carolina? Were people doing backflips over those two guys committing to the Gamecocks? They were not. Okay, nobody knew who Connor Shaw was. Nobody knew who Dylan Thompson was outside of Bowling Springs, South Carolina. Um, they turned Dylan Thompson turned in. You can argue one of, if not the greatest, one of the top two or three greatest passing seasons in the history of the school. Um, Connor Shaw's the best quarter in the history of the program. Three star kid out of Flowery Branch, North Carolina, uh, uh, Georgia, who nobody knew anything about. But Chris Smelly, Chris Smelly signed, and he was he was he was going to be Brett Favre, you know. And I know Chris, uh, well. so but but uh, his arm wasn't that good. Yeah, but no, Eddie Garcia I'm, I was going to be Brett Favre. I'm, I'm talking about the stars, four star kid oh, out of yeah. Alabama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. You know, so look, yeah, there's a lot to break down and all this. People can criticize me if they want to criticize me. That's fine. I'm just saying. Let's wait and see how things pan out, especially in the age that we're in with NIL in the transfer portal because everybody gets all this crap built up in their heads, guys. It doesn't work out exactly. We know people like this. Hello. Uh, It doesn't work out exactly like they think it's going to work out. And then what do they do? Straight to those cell phones. and We're falling apart, everybody. Everybody's heads are falling off. Yeah. I I don't know. He goes out there with three picks in the – Three picks in the spring game. People are going, and now look, I, I do think it's okay to get because, like, look, I had no idea the kid ran four four. I've never seen him on a clock. He didn't test anywhere. He was sort of one of those guys that I like that wasn't really a camp warrior. He's a football player, uh, and I love guys like that. Right? That I mean, you know, although it, it was kind of when I used to do my job covering national recruiting, it was more of a pain in the butt to get on a plane and go watch him play on Friday night, even though I loved it when I got there, than for them just to come to a camp and throw, right? But, and, and you know, and then you have the, the camp people are like, think he's ducking competition. I'm like, BS, he single-handedly led his team in pads to the state championship. He just doesn't, you know, he's interested in playing football. So I love guys like Sellers. But, but I think, you know, I do think that, his and maybe it's because we're in combine season or whatever uh, with the, with the pros and all. I do think it's significant though that he is that big and fast because that yeah. that takes it. And look, I'll sure. guarantee you. And I talked to somebody at on three the other day. That's a friend of mine. Had they known the measurables and had, and had he had the film he had this past year from junior to senior year he would be in contention for the number one recruit in the country. You know, quarterbacks automatically get that higher value. But a guy like this, the 6'3", 235, that not only has a rocket arm but a great touch on the ball, doesn't make mistakes, smart, and runs 4-4, you know, hey, let's not rush him. Like I said, if he throws four picks in the spring game, don't give up on this guy. 